Welcome to the Radical Abundance Podcast, where we celebrate God's radical abundance in all things. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to Radical Abundance. I'm your host, Teresa Jansen, and we are continuing our focus on God's radical abundance of grace. And today's guest is Nancy K. Grace, the author of the award-winning book, The Grace Impact. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Teresa. And we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, uh, as you can tell from my name. But anyway, uh, diving into talking about God's grace. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, Nancy, before we get to talking about grace, I just have a question for you, because I know that you live in a colder region of the United States, and I normally am in East Africa, where it's very nice and warm and sunny. I'm visiting the U.S. right now, and I am trying to survive this frozen wasteland. (laughs) Can you please give me your very best cold weather survival tip? I want to say hibernate. <laughs> that's what I'm tempted to do. I, I have been, and that that's my struggle uh, because I want to stay under the covers, but I I just try to be proficient whenever I go out to make sure that I, I do my errands all at once and then come back and have a nice cup of hot something to drink, coffee that, or tea or hot chocolate. So yeah, and then cover up, cover up with the Afghan, put my laptop on my desk and write on my lap and write. So yeah. That's a good plan. I wrap my hands around a hot cup of something and I like the idea of consolidating those trips out uh, so I can hopefully just survive those intermittent moments. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, now let's dive into the subject of grace. And I have wondered, you mentioned as your name is Nancy K. Grace. Is that what got you really excited about the idea of God's grace? Is is that the connection? Yeah, it really is. I thought it would be a natural connection. Um, and so I've, I've studied it and, uh, I, I find that grace is a multifaceted, like the crown jewel living the Christian life that God's grace spills out over us into us and through us. And so, yes, that's uh, in part because of my name. And I, I just thought I, I started, uh, several years ago, I started my newsletter called grace notes, And uh, when I was published in uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul book, and I sent out to some of my friends that I was published, and I eventually called that Grace Notes. And then I thought, well, maybe eventually Grace Notes would become a book, a collection of devotionals. Well, that was the seed idea for my book, The Grace Impact. So as I developed the book, it became more than just a devotional about God's grace, but a Bible study. It, it's teaching, diving deeper into understanding what God's grace is. So it's not just devotional stories, but it also has like questions and extra Bible verses for you to consider uh, for your own application. Wonderful. And if people want to get your grace notes, you still send that out and they can. Oh, yes. I've done it for about 16 years now, consistently once a month. Yeah. Okay. I'll put the link to that in the show notes if anyone would like to get those grace notes. And I think by the time we're finished with our conversation, I'm hoping that some people will do that. Thank you. 
So the idea of God's grace really does seem to be such a big idea to wrap our brain around. And that's the uh, topic of last week's show was, why is this so hard? And it's something that really resonates with me. And I, I tried to decide why is it that God's grace resonates with me? And I think it's because I live my life as a missionary and I'm a support raised missionary. I'm not a person Mm -hmm. who goes to work and punches a time clock and they pay me a paycheck, but I live a life of ministry where my work is serving and there are people all over the world who sacrificially give to enable me to Mm -hmm. be able to do that. And I live every day in that sense of grace that nobody has to give a gift to a missionary. That's something that they just do out of gratitude to God or desire to impact. So I think that's why grace is important to me outside of the fact that it's grace, which has saved me. Yes. Yeah. So tell us in a nutshell, what is this big (laughs) impact of grace? That's a big impact. Yes. Yes. And, and as I was uh, writing my book, I thought that's what, that's what grace does. We, we have the impact of God's grace in our lives when we accept it. I'm going to, the, the main verse for my book is uh, taken from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, which says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And when God illuminated in my mind that verse, I saw that God gives us the grace, okay? We, we come... Uh, He is the God of all grace, okay? And all the way throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, all the way through Revelation, we see God's grace. We see his love and compassion that he created the world, but then we see his grace. uh, First first seen in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. I mean, after sin entered the world, God could have just said, that's it. You're out of here. We're starting over. But he didn't. He said he he protected them, and that protection was God's grace. It's maybe not called that, but it was like showing that he still loved and cared for them, even though they had sinned and brought sin into the for all humanity. We see it in the Old Testament, grace is in the Hebrew, it's translated favor a lot of times. And we see that in Noah found favor with God. And so he was the one that was saved, which was an act of God's saving grace, another act of saving grace for for humanity. And as we see in the, you know, throughout the Bible that God's grace is there, his favor is shown. He he uses the word favor, be gracious to me in, in the Psalms. We see that phrase a lot. So when we go through you know, and into the New Testament, we see uh, Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth. And so we see this expanding idea of grace in the life of Jesus Christ. Now, God, uh, in the in the Christian thought, in, you know, one thing that sets Christianity apart is that God reveals himself to us. 
Other religions don't. The, the God is far off. But in Christianity, God chooses to reveal himself to us, and that's because of his grace. He chooses to show himself to us in all of his character. We see that in, um, in Isaiah 6. When the prophet Isaiah was in the, in the, he had the vision in the temple and he saw this amazing vision where the cherubim came and the smoke filled the temple. And he was, I would be frightened. It's like, what is going on here? But he, he was frightened. But yet God said, you know, I am talking to you. He made that relationship possible. That's grace that God chose to reveal himself as holy, 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 Lord God Almighty to Isaiah. And what was Isaiah's response? Well, he was scared, but then he, he re related back to God. Okay, that's the grace impact of relating, choosing to accept God's grace. Now, we see that in our lives as Jesus Christ, that ultimately God's full expression of grace is shown in the life of Jesus Christ, who was full of grace and truth. And we know that Mary found favor, Jesus' mother found favor with God. Okay, so she found, you know, God was extending grace to her, and she became the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when Jesus appeared and he, he saved the world, and ultimately, I like to say, when grace shook the world on the resurrection day and changed everything, the day that makes sense of everything for the Christian, that we are not, you know, sin is conquered, death is conquered. We can have that relationship freely with Jesus Christ. That is, you know, such a, a powerful part of the grace impact. So each of us has to make a choice. When we know about Jesus Christ, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to accept it or are we not? If we that's where the crux of the grace impact is. How do we respond to it? For me, I responded to it as a, a teenage girl, and I was uh, had a lot of insecurities, typical teenage girl stuff, comparison, and thinking I had to be perfect, and those kinds of things. And when I became aware of the verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that said, I could become a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. I, my eyes were opened at that point to see the power of what God could do in a life. Okay. The power of seeing he can change a life. And so from when I accepted the Lord, that was my point of the grace impact in my life. And then through his grace and the Holy Spirit, I learn and I grow and have been transformed so that at that point in accepting the grace impact, then I, I grow in the grace and knowledge of God. And we are to grow in the Lord. We're commanded that in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we grow in grace. We grow in the Christian life. We see how we interact with God and he with us when, as we pray, as we grow. Um, but then we're not to keep it to ourselves. We're to be a, a channel of grace. We're to be grace givers.
And that's the end of the book. So the book has four sections. The first section of the book is looking at why is God a grace giver? Well, he, he lets us know who he is. And so we look at some of his characteristics, his holiness, his faithfulness, his love, his incarnation coming as Jesus Christ and the resurrection, the power of grace. So we see how God is at work in all of those things. Why? To draw us back to him, to draw us back. And so then once we receive the grace impact, we figure out, we try to say, how do I grow in grace? How do I grow in the Christian life? And then we see God helping us and survive, you know, as we go through difficult things, God is with us in all things. And, and I share different times, like um, when I stood by the bedside of my mother, dying mother, and just how God sustained me and gave me a great peace that I could be there with her um, when she passed. And, and his grace sustained me in a way that I couldn't understand. Okay. And also when I had a cancer diagnosis, God's grace sustained me through that in a way that I, uh, I, I had tongue cancer. And I never imagined that kind of cancer. And it came on me right at the beginning of my speaking ministry. And I was like, okay, I, this, I'm going to press forward. And I, it just made me more determined to use my tongue to speak for God, to speak for his grace, that he is powerful. So we have God's saving grace, but we have his daily grace and how we live with God. And so as we interact with it, but like I said, we don't keep it to ourselves. We share it with others to be grace givers. And in our own faith journeys, we could think of who was the grace giver to us? Who was it to you that shared about Jesus Christ? Okay, who was that person? And then you in turn take that and share it with other people. And it could be also shown in just being kind in this very harsh world, <laughs> in this graceless world. We can be a light shining the, the love of God and showing God's grace to others by letting simple things and letting somebody be ahead of us in, in the grocery line. If they have a few items and I have a whole cart full, let them go first. And that's just showing grace you know, in, in a simple, practical way. So, you know, as I have explained grace in big you know, theological terms in the Old Testament, holy, 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 and Isaiah and everything. But yet we know it's, it's relatable. God is relatable. And it's in Isaiah 57, 15, kind of combines this and shows a great mystery of God's grace. And it says, for this is what the high and lofty one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. Yes, we get that high and lifted up holy. Isaiah shook in his boots and we can too until we realize that he desires the best for us because of his love. Okay, so this is what he says. I live in a high and lofty, holy, holy place. So we get that separation. But here's the mystery. But also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit 
to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Wow, this is a mystery. The God of the universe who created us wants to live with us and revive us. That's a part of the mystery of grace. And I love that, that God reaches to us. It's not anything that we do, that it's God reaching to us. And in Ephesians 2.10-2.8 says that um, it's not our works, but God's work through salvation, through Jesus Christ. But all the way through the Bible, we see God reaching out to us with grace. I love that you have gone back to the Old Testament and and drawn some of that grace from there because so often people think of they even refer to the god of the old testament as if he were a different god and absolutely he was the he is the same god all the way through a god that desires relationship with us and you talked about god's saving grace which is amazing and then the expansion the expanding idea of grace in our life as we learn and we grow in grace and then how that's reflected to other people and god's daily grace to us one of the things that um, new christians and and people who aren't christians oftentimes ask is why does god allow bad things to happen in the world and one of the things that i've learned is that there will be justice and there will be judgment for sure. And those bad things will all be accounted for. But even the evil and the bad things that happen in the world is a part of it uh, reminds us of God's grace. God has not yet, uh, you know, destroyed the world and has not yet lightning bolted people who are evil. It's through his grace and because of his grace that he has not brought about that end all judgment yet there is still time and that is grace yes that that his grace is holding back the judgment you know if you would that just that we see our, our culture being turned upside down and trying to make make heads or tails of it and the only thing that i could do is just look to god and say you are the same yesterday today and tomorrow and I'm going to trust in your sovereignty. <laughs> I don't understand it. And you, you are in control of the world. And, and that's like resting in the sovereignty of God's grace, resting in him and trusting that I don't understand and I'm not going to understand. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> and just say, but God provides what we need when we need it. When we're going through a difficult time, his grace sustains us. In the verse that I shared of 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it says, having all that you need, you know, when you need it. And it's like, yes, when I have stood in some very uh, confusing and hurtful situations, at the time, it's, it's rough. It's tough to do that. But God gives the grace to stand to go forward. He gives us grace to heal emotionally, to heal physically. He gives us grace so that if we accept his grace, we can accept our grace on ourselves and have that self-grace. 
and cast aside per perfection. Um, I, I had a, a, a thought one time, I, I'm a pianist and I had created a, a, a homemade CD for my husband of worship songs that I had played and played in church. And I, I felt like God really anointed it and blessed it. It turned out far better than I thought, in other words, okay? <laughs> And I listened to it and I thought, God, you really did something here. And it's like, what, what can I do with this? And, and I thought, but it has mistakes on it. I, I can hear those mistakes and I don't have the capabilities to edit those out. You know, when we get to buy a recording in a store or see something, it's edited true right, okay. right. Uh, yeah exactly even even this show as uh, you and i have talked people are not going to hear every mistake that you and i will yes. make because i it's very real and it's all here but if yes yeah we will take out the big mistakes at least if yes. we can why not <laughs> yeah and so god i was asking god i said but but i you know, I'm such a perfectionist and I, I, why do I do this? And, and I just heard him whisper to my spirit, just live life unedited. Mm, I love that. Live life unedited in his grace because life isn't perfect. And I cannot, I, I have to lay aside my perfection and accept God's grace to live life unedited, but to be maybe edited by his grace. You know, Nancy, one of the reasons I really like that idea of living life unedited is because this younger generation that's coming up really appreciates authenticity. They yes. are tired of the yes. facade and, yes. we, and we can yeah. really make more of an impact when we do allow people to see the grace impact in our life. Because if we yes. didn't need grace, you know, there's just no if. We all yeah. need yeah. grace. We need God's grace. And you know what? We even need grace from each other. And as you talk about, yeah, and then <laughs> grace from ourselves, even as you mentioned yes. too. Yes. yes. One of the reasons I really like that Second Corinthians verse that you uh, use for the book, the main verse for Nine your eight, book. Yeah is it talks about abounding in grace. And, you know, this show and my ministry is all about God's radical abundance and that relationship yes. abounding abundance. It's not just yes. a little bit of grace. It's not just a, oh, right. that's all right. You can do it better next time. No, yeah. <laughs> God yeah. lavishes his grace yes. on us, even to the extent of erasing, you know, everything that we have done. No, <clears throat> when you said the abounding in grace, um, when I first, that, when that verse first, I'll say, jumped off the page at me, it was like, <laughs> I was stressed. I was pressed in on all sides. And it was like, whoa, what, what? What do I look at here in this verse that says, in God of all grace, he will make grace abound to you so that in all things, no matter what I'm going through, at all times, when I'm stressed or not stressed, or if I'm just having a good day, having all that you need that I have to remember to look to God to provide, you know, for his strength, for to, to keep that prayer line open then you will abound in every good work. There's that word again, abounding in every good work. So he enables us. It's all about him. 
you know, God, the God of all grace reveals himself to us. We accept his grace and then it changes us and we could go forward and abound in his good works. When you were talking about um, God's grace to Adam and Eve, and you had said in spite of the fact that they had sinned, and when Luther talked about the theology of grace, he had said not not only in spite of the fact, because in, in spite of our sin, God gives us grace, but this idea of unmerited favor is without even consideration of not only the sin, no, but also without consideration of our, what we think are our glorious shining moments, yes. without consideration of any behavior that we have, God offers us his grace. And then we have the choice to accept it or not. And mm-hmm. that is an incredible opportunity. Yes. And so we all have that choice of what are we going to do when we encounter the grace impact? Are we going to cower away from it? Are we going to say, no, I'm going to keep trying, God. We've, we've done that. I'm going to keep doing it my way. I'm going to, I'm fine. I've got this. But then when we come against something that we don't have, (laughs) when we come up lacking, when we come up like just against the wall, it's like, I don't know what to do. We know God is there waiting. He is gracious. He is patient. He is compassionate. We see that a lot in uh, a lot of the Old Testament Psalms uh, and and Isaiah. There's a lot of places where it says God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And so we we see all of those components are part of grace. You know, it's not just one thing to me. Like I said, it's uh, like a, a diamond with many facets and the light shines through it and you see a whole array of colors that comes out. And that's the beauty of God's grace showing up in unusual, unexpected places. Yeah, some people, like you said, have that response of it's OK, God, I've got this. I can I can do it. I don't need I don't need I can. And even the expectation that we should be able to uh, overcome something on our own. Some people have that response. And then there's the other response of people who just don't feel at all worthy. And my father, I had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. speak with him in his old age. And he had lived a rough and rowdy life in a lot of ways. And I talked to him about God's grace. And he said, but I'm not worthy. And so many people, he didn't use the word worthy. That wasn't really in his vocabulary. No, I don't, I don't think I deserve it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's not about deserving it. If it was about deserving it, it wouldn't be grace. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it, regardless of what has happened, what has been done, what has been thought, what has been said, God offers that grace, both to those who think they don't need it and those who think that that know they need it, but feel they're not worthy of it. Mm -hmm. It's there. Yes. And that, you know, and for us in our personal lives, that grace is shown in um, as we grow in giving forgiveness. Um, That's you know, we can show grace in our lives through the words that we speak. Do they encourage people? Let, you know, let your, 
speech be seasoned with salt with gracious words let's you know so it it permeates us as we grow in the lord and because you know yeah we're human we're gonna fail but god's grace is there to catch us when we turn to him you know again and again and the idea of growing in grace is, is a wonderful encouragement for me to know that I can grow in grace and, and do a better job of showing grace in the future than what I have in the mm-hmm. past. And it's also really helpful to know that when maybe someone is not very gracious to me, because yeah. I can know that they too are have the opportunity to grow in grace as they learn and mature. So then I can get, be gracious when someone has not yeah. been gracious to me. So it's a real opportunity we have as Christians to live in an, in a graceless world, as you had talked about, mm-hmm. to live in it full of grace. And it sure changes things. Mm-hmm. I was out with my mom recently and everywhere we went, we were going into a number of different stores. She would end our time in the store and she would say, I'm so glad you came to work today. And it was amazing the the response that people yeah. had to that very simple, graceful statement. I'm so glad you came to work. Someone was happy that that person was doing whatever task. And we're talking about yeah. usually store clerks, you know, they don't get a yes. lot of people saying, I'm glad you're here. Yet, are yeah. we glad they're there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah. and serve uh, those who serve us in restaurants and that we usually say that, you know, because it's different. Life is different. And so when we see something that was, we don't want to take it for granted. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And it it brought a smile to every person's face when she said that. And I thought, well, that is just an expression of grace. And how simple is it to do that? Yeah. Yes. Well, Nancy, I cannot believe how the time has just flown by. I'm wondering, do you have any just final words for us, some words of grace that you can leave us with today? Sure. As I was thinking about, you know, how to end, um, we, there might be somebody listening who is like, well, I'm not sure about this grace. Well, you can, you know, feel free to reach out to Teresa or to me to email us. We'll be glad to share with you um, God's path of grace, if you would, just the grace of God that come to know Jesus, who is full of grace and truth. And if we're unsure of what we're supposed to do right now, and we have a lot of unsureties in this life, uncertainties, we can come to God because he reaches out to us in grace. Once we come to him, and I'm going to conclude with Hebrews 4.16, that says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love that verse. It tells us to pray, which is is great in itself, but to whom? The God of all grace. We come to him and to come confidently with him so that we can find grace and help us. And so we don't have to go through life on our own. We can come to the God of all grace and he will welcome us and he will welcome us home when we accept his grace through Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for that encouragement, Nancy. And may I wish you a radical abundance of grace today. Thank you so much.